This is a honky-tonk man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Hey, everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. You are listening to... And you're listening to The Wrestler Review. Priceless. everybody welcome to an episode that's definitely going to make us all sad because we're doing the middle years of kane whose dick is oh, burnt man. off whose women are beating beaten <laughs> up will there be abortions oh man this is so good because this is uh there's so much bad stuff in here it's they have really really done very well with kane uh they have built him up into a monster over the past year, and they're about to a fuck that up. Oh yeah, B, baby. We got Katie Vick. We got the invasion angle. We got um, Kane starts to talk, and the phase where he was using the um, the thing at his throat, which sounded cool, and then no, he just has vocal cords now. Shut the fuck up if you're questioning this. Um, the first time he gets a woman stolen from him. Oh, the the weird revelation that his brother did all those things and we're still cool with it. <laughs> yeah, Paul Bear hates him. Paul Bear is his friend again. Paul Bear hates him. It's all fucking here. Paul Bear's his dad. Oh, it's the best, everybody. Like we, because we got to go through the. Oh, it's just absolutely spectacular times. It's um, fantastic. Before right. before we talk about Kane, quick thing, ladies and gentlemen, we are planning on doing a live show. In September, all the information is online. Here's the deal with the live show. We have to have a minimum amount of people that we know are going so we can get a venue because it's in London. So you have to – it's complicated. But anyway, so if you want to come, you got to you gotta sign up now because if not, we may not end up doing it. We're not trying to fucking pressure you. If you don't want to fucking see us live, I understand it. Dylan is grotesque. I'm pretty hot though. I'm a hot boy. Um, no, I look very good. That's not true. Although you are – Working out now and getting fucking sexy. Going to that. Ooh, yeah, we're recording this ahead of time. There's odd, odds are by this time I'm also uh, mocha skinned somehow, and I've once again got long blonde hair. Yeah, and you're all penis. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a penis with long blonde hair. <laughs> I'm like Chris Hemsworth. Exactly, Chris Hemsworth. You're like Chris Hemsworth, but with a lot of information about the Chicago Bears. Yeah. So cooler, Chris. Hemsworth. Yeah, we could talk about my sweet abs, or we could talk about the refrigerator Perry. <laughs> so yeah, come to our live show that is September second, Sunday, uh, September second, five p.m. It's five pounds for Patreon members and ten pounds for those who are not. Also, think about this. Think about this on this fucking show. I say horrendous yes. things. Now imagine I'm amped up by the crowd. I guarantee I will end up channeling Mean Gene Okerlund's spirit and full-on murdering a man. <laughs> We're, we got a lot of fun stuff planned for the live show. Sunday, September 2nd, five pounds for patron members and ten pounds for people that aren't. We do need to pre-sale, uh, pre-sale, pre-sell 30 tickets. 15 pounds and you can eat my ass. <laughs> yeah, there'll be, instead of a merch table, it'll just be, uh, <laughs> like, we'll be like those hobos, the hold-up signs, where you say you can kick us for money and you will be able to. It's just a toilet seat where you can fucking... I put my ass through it, and then you lick my ass. <laughs> yeah. 15 pounds, and I won't start jacking off. 
And that's from everybody. <laughs> I'm going to play a one-man game of soggy t-shirt. That's why I'm not on a t-shirt and eat the t-shirt. No crap. <laughs> I have to eat a whole t-shirt. Literally lathered in loads. Yo, 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 who's got a t-shirt that looks like a bowl with dried cream and mushroom soup on it? Dylan's friends do. Dylan's friends do. Cause he nuts. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, speaking about nuts, let's talk about a real fucking wacky guy. His name, Glenn Jacobs. The year 1998. He is the World Wrestling Federation champion. He beat Stone Cold Steve Austin in a first blood match and, thank God, didn't have to set himself on literal fire, which I think is the most Vince oh, yeah. Russo booking I've ever Vince Russo'd in my Vince Russo. Um, how do we add... St- there are some very Vince Russo things we're about to talk oh, about. Oh, boy, are there. But this, like, this, the, the lighting himself on fire thing is like, go, like, fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, they really jumped the shark with Kane very, very fast. No, 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 no. But Kane's introduction was the jumping of the shark of the Undertaker. Kane's jumping the shark moment, I think, is when he joined DX, then didn't join DX, then was with Paul Bearer the whole time, then killed the Undertaker. That's when he jumped the shark. This period is now he's driven. He's taken his boat back to where the shark is. He's dragged the shark out of the water, and then him and Paul Bearer fucked the shark and then it was revealed that the shark was actually kane's dad (laughs) well this is what they do oddly it's like he lines up a lot with yokozuna which is like they give him the title and then he loses it immediately this is what they did with undertaker and yokozuna where it's like all right we want to make a big heel but we can't ever have a heel run as champion yeah because that's how vince mcmahon works unless you're triple h unless you're triple h of course unless you're triple h i've specifically remember watching this under t- this Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kane match and just how little offense Kane gets just like holy shit Stone Cold's just really fucking him up I remember this it's a weird thing is you, you didn't need to make a you could have done the first the problem was is they made a like they just didn't think like how do you do a first blood match if he has a um mask all that sort of stuff they shouldn't have made it a first blood match, but they were... This is also, by the way, they are really catching fire, and they are now starting to stack up wins against WCW. And that uh, King of the Ring pay-per-view is a real turning point because now they're going into the summer, and now they're really overtaking WCW. But it's still really competitive. There's no one is getting a like a ratings win one after the other. The WWE will have you believe they did the Stone Cold Vince McMahon confrontation with the one arm tied behind your back, and then the next day, Ted Turner shot himself. Never yeah. stopped crying. Not true. What actually happened is they then began having really competitive quarters, and it wasn't until basically Mankind winning the title a year later, basically from where we are right now, is when the WWF caught fire and really took off in the Monday Night Wars. So they are literally fucking hot-shotting like crazy, which is a Jim Cornette term, ye fucking cunt, basically meaning that every single minute of every show matters everything is a title win you're trading the title back and forth all that sort of stuff so they can literally advertise raw as saying stone cold steve austin you get to see stone cold steve austin win the title back is basically how they book this match looking at it abstractly as a wrestling fan that understands now what you need to do to preserve you know time terrible as a kid in the moment it was fucking awesome 
But again, Kane should have been protected. Why not make this a gimmick match, like a ladder match, which I thought it was, which was usually their trick at this time. And then you can have interference from Undertaker that stops Kane from going up the ladder so Austin wins it. Instead, in this match, as you said, it's Steve Austin beating the fuck out of a guy that's supposed to be a monster and winning the title, although that really protects Steve Austin, who just got a loss. So there's two ways you can look at it. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And uh, they've just done the uh, Undertaker and Kane, sorry, Undertaker and Mankind interfering to help, um, to help after Kane win. By the way, for context, into a team that's with, after the sorry. that's after the Hell in a Cell where Mick Foley literally shook hands with the devil. <laughs> yeah, and this leads into a Kane Mankind team, and I would assert that this is the first uh, team where they're like. Well, we don't really know what to do with Kane at all. And the weird thing is, how do you book a guy who's been like this crazy monster character, but the Undertaker's there too, so you can't really have him take the Undertaker's place, and the big show is coming right around the corner. No, that's 99, isn't it? Yeah, it's 99. But like, okay. Well, now you have two top crazy monster dudes, and Kane... In this, just basically, it become this begins the, we don't know what to do with Kane. Let's have him choke slam some people, but then also, uh, he loses at the end because why not? Like this, this is this is viscera Kane, everybody. This is gonna be good. <laughs> In that he was showing his nipple, his nipples a lot, and taking Viagra backstage. <laughs> yeah, and just sitting there with a bone dog. Oh 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 oh. Um, I, I also, this is also the most summer booking the WWE has ever gotten. And I remember mm-hmm. this cause I went to summer camp and it was like King of the ring happened. And then they were like, everyone take the month off. Undertaker's the tag champion with Steve Austin. Or I don't fucking care. And <laughs> that's basically all they did. And mankind came to this weird team. They do the fully loaded pay-per-view which, by the way, was not built around this match. The fully loaded paper was built around, you will see Sable's tits. <laughs> As everything basically was for that time. So they reformed the Brothers of Destruction, or for the first time, for a long time, basically. An image, by the way, that I jacked off to loads. Them forming the Brothers of Destruction. <laughs> yes, no, Sable take note. <laughs> they were like, ooh. 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 Imagine all the damage. Oh my god. Imagine what their parents would think in heaven. Ooh. How del- A double tombstone. Mmm. Flip me over that way. It's so dangerous, yet they protect each other. The s- safety in the r- <laughs> safety in a competitive field is what gets me hard. <laughs> so Kane, this is another one where Kane kind of stops doing the tombstone during this period because they basically decided the Undertaker's the only one that does the tombstone now. Um, and you know why? This has actually been addressed by Jim Ross, is because uh, after the Owen Hart incident, basically you have to be a certain level of s- strong and be able to do the move a bunch of times in the ring, and they weren't necessarily confident in Kane just because he was newer to the move. So they were just like, just The Undertaker. And even The Undertaker used it pretty sparingly. Yeah, well, this is, we're getting into American Badass Undertaker, which is... No, no, we're getting into Ministry of... No, 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 we're getting into Ministry of Darkness. Yeah, this is Ministry of Darkness Undertaker. Yeah, which is a real ghost pepper. 
<laughs> Who else is hard? Um, just me. Have you? All right. So the Brothers of Destruction uh, pair up for the first time. This is their first long run. And uh, just a fun note, on the September 5th episode of Raw, Vince addresses Kane and The Undertaker, calling them, and this is a quote, retarded or whatever their problem is, and labeling them as putrid pussy. I love it so much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, wrestling. Early Early Mr. McMahon, Vince McMahon is my personal favorite, because it's before he's, like, just having sex with women. Like my favorite Mr. McMahon is when he's just in the wheelchair and with Patterson and Briscoe and has no music and just yells so much like No No Oh It's great. It's great because they haven't really ironed out the character yet and No, that's no 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 no. This is what he's clearly just being himself. Like this is just who that guy is <laughs> in the back. Like it he doesn't say pal though. Yeah, no, he doesn't say pal that much. He doesn't say god damn it. Apparently another big line of his is anytime there's a fuck up, he just accuses you of smearing shit on his business. <laughs> you just smeared shit. It's a Bruce Pritch- Bruce Pritchard revealed that uh, in a Sean Oliver shit interview. And it's one of those things where you're like, imagine working for that man where you make a mistake or something you thought was going to go one or something that was out of your control. You hired Teddy Hart is an example I'm I assume led to him asking Pat Patterson what it's like to smear shit on his business like do you, like do you, for fuck's sake it's great it's great uh, and Kane was right there working with Vince McMahon on October 18th the Judgment Day the Undertaker uh, faces Kane because why not ends at a no contest when he undercated down Austin Paul Bear attacks and betrays Kane. And then this does the double switch where Kane is the face, Undertaker the heel. Austin beats down the Undertaker and counts three on them both. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he counts for himself, and it and it also that is legal. Like he also uh, counts three and is legal. Vince then fires Stone Cold to close the pay per view. This ending uh, the Brothers of Destruction. And this, by the way, is the only fucking time Vince Russo booking works. From the breakdown pay-per-view to the okay. Judgment Day pay-per-view where you can't pin Undertaker, Undertaker can't pin Kane, Kane can't pin Undertaker, they both have to pin Steve Austin, but they don't want the other one to pin him because they want to get the WWF title, so they end up fighting, which then leads to the Undertaker betraying Kane because he realizes he needs more to beat his brother, even though they are friends, which builds towards their match at Judgment Day, which allows Steve Austin to stay strong because he does the only thing Steve Austin would do, which is not count them and beat the fuck out of them, which then leads to um, Vince McMahon firing him, which then leads to Stone Cold hunting Vince McMahon, but also now you have a giant friction between Undertaker and Kane. It's so fucking well thought out and plotted that builds to the Survivor Series pay-per-view, which then builds to the Rock turn. Like er- All of it blossoms from th- th- that September all the way to the end of the story in November. It's fucking fantastic. And Kane is weirdly well protected in the whole thing oddly because it does transition into sort of being a tweener into a face because he's fucking cool he's red he's shooting fire uh and he's fucking you know joke slamming people it's fucking awesome well it's the other thing where like this this begins the phase of kane where it's like um the movie monster with a point yeah you know what i mean like he's 
more of a monster than the Undertaker because at this point he hasn't talked yet. Uh, he uh, does his, uh, does have tons of sympathy, especially since basically it's like in the Undertaker Kane feud, whoever Paul Bearer aligns with is the heel. Like Paul Bearer is the. It sounds crazy to say, but as far as like segments, which is what wrestling was at this point, it wasn't really matches. It was just segments. Paul Bearer is the best performer out of Undertaker. Uh, you can't dispute against Kane, but I think. If you look back at this period, uh, just watch Paul Bearer, because this is, as Bruce Pritchard said, this is when Percy Pringle comes out. It's not Paul Bearer. Like, the... Um, oh, yeah. We, did, uh, we didn't talk about it explicitly, but, like, his f- short feud with... Kane's short feud with Big Van Vader, when he beats Vader in the Mask versus Mask match, and Paul Bearer puts on the mask and starts doing an impression of Vader. Yeah, he starts yelling, it's time. Oh, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's time! It's time! It's time! Oh, Van- oh Vader... Pardon me. Paul Bearer, at this whole time, is fantastic. Even up until... The, I, we'll get to it in the second half of this episode, when Tori and the whole Kane betrayal, and he comes back... It's so fucking great because when he finally is like done with the Ministry of Darkness and Paul Bearer is back with Kane, the crowd reaction of seeing Paul Bearer on those like that weird stages, it's kind of like that return to that Paul Bearer because it's the first time he's got his hair like dark, but he's wearing a red jacket. So you're like, oh, he's with Kane. Oh, it's fucking great. And he's just like, looks like such a smug asshole. And then when Kane comes out and Paul Bearer does the weirdest point because he's so fat. That it like it, <laughs> it's like it's like melted butter in a plastic bag all shifts to one side and it looks like he's gonna fall over when he points to the ring. Oh, it's fantastic! Yeah, Paul Bear is like the most weirdly fat man, where it's like a perfect apple, but then his chin is like a probably has a long neck if he was to lose weight, but it's just that big frog part <laughs> under his neck is so big. Oh, it's a myth. It's crazy. Uh, December thirteenth, Kane turns heel. No. Turn to rock. Yeah. No, that at rock bottom. No, sorry, the twenty first. Yeah, you fucking idiot. He twenty first. He turns heel, returns to Raw, and attacks DX, having uh, agreed to join Vince's corporation and get out, uh, get out of the asylum. Okay, well let's put it, because this is another. Let's thing. do some fucking background. So Kane interferes in the uh, Buried Alive match with Steve Austin at the rock bottom pay per view, and so Vince McMahon puts him in a mental asylum because he's crazy. Obviously, why? Yeah, yeah. Why? Why? Why would you, a man from Arkansas, side with a man from Texas? Sure, you're from the South, but you have different views. Um, and so to get out of the asylum, Kane agrees to join the corporation. This is just when things are like, this is also, by the way, where everyone loves Steve Austin so much that it's like, they could literally be like, where's Kane? Uh, he's having sex with a boy. He's a pedophile now. And then, oh no, he's not a pedophile. Don't call a rat this wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then like, literally it could be like, uh, the third segment of raw is gold dust taking a weird spiky shit. But at the end of it, Steve Austin, Stone Cold Stunner's the turd. And everyone's like, yeah, the turd, Stunner! Like, it's fucking... R- if they actually did that angle in the Attitude Era where Kane was a pedophile and he comes out with the scared kid and then Stone Cold Stunner's him and the crowd goes nuts, the crowd would also want Stone Cold to stunner that I, I thought, by the way, I was about to say, <laughs> no, the crowd would only go nuts once the kid was stunnered as well. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, and? Yeah. We're, when does the kid get it to? We're not done yet. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. So Kane uh, is feuding with DX. Uh, China portrays them to join the corporation. He appears in various tag and singles matches that disrupt DX, including helping take Xbox European title that ends up on Shane as a result of the tag match. 
Uh, <laughs> he develops a relationship with China during this time, which derails when a fireball meant for Triple H ends up in China's face. Kane carries her out, starting to show caring side for the first time. Triple H then appears on Raw dressed as Goldust and fires a flamethrower at Kane. This results in a showdown between Triple H and Kane at Wrestling 15, sorry, with Kane getting the DQ win when he is betrayed by China and the corporation. Uh, it looks like uh, DX is reunited, but in fact, China and Triple H have joined the corporation, which is revealed the next night on Raw. I, uh, that is... <laughs> this is... And this all happens within the span. It wasn't revealed next night around. It wasn't revealed the next night around. It wasn't next. It wasn't revealed the next night around. It was revealed uh, at WrestleMania 15. That is a mistake. I went and checked. Booyah! Because then the next night on Raw, Kane and X Pac joined forces because they were both betrayed the night before at WrestleMania 15, and they start their weird bromance. Um, fun things in this include. Um, X-Pac getting Kane to say suck it with the help of his voice box because it's the power of getting your dick sucked that healed Kane's voice. Um, this is also now we're starting to talk about what Dylan was talking about at the top is you're getting a glut of big man at the top. The big show is now here. The Undertaker is doing the Ministry of Darkness stuff. They also need to get Kane out of the corporation because they're about to do the corporate ministry thing. This is when, by the way, the Attitude Era starts to reach putrescence phase number one, which is... Ministry of Darkness was real good up until WrestleMania 15, and then I don't know if it was when they literally killed the big boss man by hanging him from the steel cage, or just the weird getup Undertaker started to wear as a wrestler, but they started to suck so bad. Like, this is where Vince McMahon is like, well, Vince Russo's the best, let's get him to write everything, and then, all right, bro, here's what's gonna happen. You know your daughter who got fucked by Macho Man, now he's gonna get fucked by uh, by uh, Undertaker, and then we're gonna crucify a bunch of people, and that's fine. And then, uh, listen up, bro, okay, whoever you gotta smoke weed, and I've been smoking a lot of weed, and so every person that joins the Ministry of Darkness has to be literally stabbed with a knife. That's... And it just gets so <laughs> fucking weird. It gets real weird real fast, and Kane and X-Pac are right in the middle of it as this, like, one of the first... One of them's got smoke in their lungs from how their house burned down. The other one's got smoke in their lungs because he likes weed, bro. <laughs> it's the whole thing where it's like, we're going to teach him how to dance. It's legit. If you watched Encino Man. That's very funny. Encino Man. That's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you dance, Kane. Yeah. What? We're going to prom, but no one will ask me. <laughs> Trust me, they will. It's the same thing. Oh, that's such good stuff. And also, to balance that out, Jerry Lawler starts referring to Kane as... Big Red Retard. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> this is this is when Jerry Lawler earns uh, this is all... This is widely available. This is the great thing about wrestling. They will. They have gone to painstaking uh, lengths to edit out the F part whenever they say WWF, um, but they have not eliminated this from the network. <laughs> you can still hear this, and it's louder than the other. This is how different nineteen years ago was. Remember, this is nineteen years yeah. ago. Just never forget this. Nineteen years ago, this is also when Jerry Lawler's running for mayor. He's running for mayor of Memphis, <laughs> and none yeah. none of his opponents decide to go. Um, just want to point out that the noted pedophile 
Also, every Monday night in front of millions of people is calling another man mentally deficient in the negative and then yelling about women's tits like they're dogs. None of that was they probably none of it was brought up in his campaign. It was it was a well thought out, nicely run campaign. No one got negative. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, I'm assuming that uh, his opponents at that time was like. My opponent says a bunch of very agreeable things on television every week that I will not dispute, but also his policies on Memphis getting a second honky-tonk bar are ridiculous. Yeah. My opponent, Jerry Lawler's cousin, is the honky-tonk man. If we are allowed another honky-tonk in Memphis, Mr. Lala's cousin will no undoubtedly go there to score pills and make us all uncomfortable with stories about the size of a man named Bad News Brown's penis. (laughs) (laughs) He cannot be elected mayor of fair Los Angeles. Instead, he must be fired. (laughs) So this essentially, this Kane and X-Pac feud, this Kane and X-Pac uh, tag team is one of the things that actually gets to ruminate the most in this period of wrestling because they use this formula 7,486 times over the next 19 years of Kane's career where Kane is monster, small man is his friend, small like charismatic cool guy as his friend kane helps him when he gets in trouble they win the tag titles a bunch eventually team dissolves through either kane's fault or in this case xbox fault because kane starts um kane and xbox develop a manager named tori also how come tori has never been back since or has she been back? I don't think she's been back. That up quick, Ori? No, she wrestler. Cause, yeah, she. I think she's. Because that's the weird thing is she. She may be one of the people who just was like, oh, wrestling. Oh, that's that thing I did uh, that led me to the problems. Yeah, she officially retired in uh, two thousand and one, and just is out. Yeah. Interesting. She's just out. She does yoga in Portland, which I'm assuming is <laughs> you move to portland they're just gonna make you do yoga <laughs> they tape your eyes open like clockwork orange and make you watch yoga tapes <laughs> until you just learn it learn to be relaxed but i'm crying tears have no place yeah why are you crying you should be laughing because you're working for me the most benevolent man in wrestling pat patterson now get me a shirtless grease boy <laughs> um so X-Pac uh, turns on Kane during a match with the Dudley Boys. Jerry Lawler on commentary at the start of the match said, All those feelings and emotions they have between them, that stuff will make you gay. <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs> Referring, of course, to uh, Kane and uh, Kane and X-Pac um, uh, with, with Tori. And Tori then becomes the on-screen girlfriend of Kane. This is... Uh, the fantastic one where Kane, where Xbox says you can't do anything anyway. Your dick was burnt off in that fire. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh man. I, I gotta tell you, this is when wrestling is both the best and the worst thing I've ever been a part of. Where you're just like, mm-hmm, yeah, that's what. You know what? Me at 15 would have written the same thing. Not only would I have written the same thing, it would have. You would have seen the photo. It would just have been a smooth, <laughs> oh, no. a smooth 
darkened area of Kane's midsection. Just a just a Ken doll. Mm. <laughs> so the Undertaker and um, the under- sorry, Kane and X Pac, of course, have a match. Um, wait, no, sorry. Kane has a match with the Big Show for the world title. With the stipulation that if Kane doesn't win, Tori has to sp- spend the holidays with X Pac. Which is pretty good. That's a pretty good negotiation by Xbox, just to be like, no, not with you, with me. Kane loses, and the New Age Outlaws carry off Tori uh, for her <laughs> before Christmas with Triple H uh, wishing Xbox a very rock. And uh, <laughs> that's the first time Kane yes. loses a match for a woman explicitly. Not the last time. He wins some of them. We should. Uh, Compile the record of uh, Kane in matches that are explicitly for a woman. Oh, I'm going to say at least three, which is, that's a lot. There's probably more than we forgot about because I forgot about his uh, romance with China before this episode. So that's two women so far that Kane has been in love with. And we're going to have a tally at the end of this. Three. I assume there's like there's probably like ten you just forgot about because now we're into this is this is when wrestling was all over the place but also well thought out. We're about to leave that era very abruptly. Yeah, I'm trying to think who else has he been in a relation? Nobody's only been in three wrestling relationships. Four, buddy. We're gonna find out as we go uh, to this journey. So of course. Tori comes back with her from her weekend with X-Pac. Tori says, X-Pac was nothing but a gentleman, but she's acting weird, leading to, of course, of course Tori turns on Kane. Oh, you're missing the best. Yeah. But you're missing the best part, which is for some reason, Tess gets briefly briefly blamed. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Hey, Tess. Hey, Andrew Martin. Put down those steroids and get beaten up by me. Fuck, I miss Test. I really like Test. He was a great mid-carder guy. He was such a late 90s wrestler. Get him a mesh t-shirt and some wraparound glasses. How are we going to introduce him? Uh, for some reason, Motley Crue is going to play new tattoo, and then he's just going to be a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, because he was the bodyguard for Motley Crue. You know that band no one who watches our show has heard of? Yeah, that. Hey. This is... Uh, also, another hallmark of 1999 to 2001 wrestling appears in this because I forgot about this, but X Pac uh, shows Kane a tape of her, him and Tori fucking, which is oh. what happens so much. <laughs> oh yeah, well here's a tape of us banging, and she's fine with it because she's dirty. What's weird is how true to life have no more how true to life this became because technically Triple H could watch a tape of X-Pac fucking his ex-girlfriend as well. Yeah. <laughs> I would love it if there was that. No, but that would be if X-Pac revealed that to Triple H all of a sudden. <laughs> Do you think that he did? He didn't know he was dating China and then and then X-Pac revealed it at a party they were at and he was like, first of all, I don't care. Second of all, you you got to destroy all this tape." I gar- I <laughs> guarantee it was it was more than likely some sort of revelation along those lines of just like, "Oh, you should know, by the way. I I've I've touched that weird thumb she's got on her vagina as well and it is yummy." <laughs> Uh, the blow off to the feud uh, with X-Pac is Kane teaming with Rikishi uh, to beat X-Pac and Road Dog at WrestleMania 2000. That w- With that, we will go to a break because Kane is past his X-Pac feud. And now you know what he's going to do, John? 
I, oh, I think he's probably going to be fine, and nothing weird is going to happen at all for the rest of his career. No, you stupid fucking idiot. He reforms the Brothers of Destruction. Oh, yeah. What is the second time long term, but in reality is the third. Uh, is it the third or the fourth? <laughs> right. Because they were briefly back together right before Wrestle, uh, Royal Rumble 1997, but they weren't called the Brothers of Destruction then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You you nope. Yeah, there you go. You so fourth time. This is Kane's. Let me sum up Kane's career right now. Him and the Undertaker are friends. No, they're not. Kane's got a girlfriend. She's pregnant. No, she's not. Kane's got a best friend. No, he doesn't. Cause his best friend fucked his girlfriend. Kane's friends with his brother again. That's how it goes. Yeah, it's three stories. Rinse and repeat. Yeah. Very st- very good stuff. So after this break, uh, we'll come back with more <laughs> wonderful, wonderful Kane. I know what you're also thinking. Look forward, because it's going to be taking place in the year 2001. Vince McMahon's company is losing value. So every storyline involves something uncomfortable. Oh, man. We got Katie Vick coming up after Oh, uh, What do you think I was teasing? Tease. I'm teasing the balls of a dead man. I'm sucking off. This is Dylan from the Goddamn Wrestler Review, the show you're listening to right now. Please come to our show September 2nd in London, England. It is £10 if you are not a Patreon member and £5 if you are. Tickets are available at wrestlerreview.angelfire.com. You can also go to our Twitter at Wrestler Review. It is the pinned post and our Facebook page. The Wrestler Review Podcast, where we have set up a cool-ass Facebook event. Otherwise, you can go to paypal.me backslash wrestler review. That's paypal.me backslash wrestler review and donate either 10 pounds if you are not a member or 5 pounds if you are to see the wonderful show, the best motherfucking show of all time, The Wrestler Review Live, where we will be reviewing Stan Hansen and may or may not hire a fat man to show up as Stan Hansen and beat us to a death. Bye-bye. Let's get back together with our friends. So, Kane and The Undertaker are back being a tag team. The year is 2001. Things are stupid. Oh, baby. He reforms the brothers of motherfucking destruction. He's working a lighter schedule at the begin uh WrestleMania. Sorry. I really hate the brothers of destruction. I don't understand like it's I don't like it either. It's so it's also one of those things that that's very now now at times WWF where it's like, remember that thing you didn't like? Well we now say it was important to previous times. And it's like it wasn't it wasn't good. No one liked it. Like Yeah. Yeah, they, it's not like they were a really good tag team. Like, they never had, like, double finishers other than the double choke slam. It was just, like, made them both boring and kind of neutered their feud. Yeah, I also didn't... Like, I don't ever need to see them together. Yeah, they never really, like, broke up. Like, it, it, if there was a bunch of time in between, then it would have been cool. But there was never a lot of time in between. It was just like, okay, The Undertaker, what the fuck else do we do with him? I guess we'll just have him and Kane beat the shit out of people. But this is this is the American badass Undertaker. Like this is some yeah. bad Undertaker. This is n- yeah, this is also not a this is also American badass Undertaker and we're very soon going to get to 
the big red devil undertaker and my oh, yeah big my evil. <laughs> big evil and uh this is my yard this is all the this is all the shit this is all the shit undertaker because they're in the attitude era so undertaker's like why don't i be who i really am a uh, father of three who doesn't move very well. Yeah, a man who's tired. <laughs> I had too much coffee or not enough. I don't feel like going there. The Undertaker. I'm a man who likes young pussy, which is why I have to pretend to like being a vegan. <laughs> yeah, this this Undertaker could have literally been renamed Uncle Jeff, and it would have been <laughs> It's Kane and Uncle Jeff, the brothers of destruction. It's Kane and the uncle your mom doesn't like visiting, Jeff. (laughs) I'll let Uncle Jeff in, but none of his friends. Yeah. Mom, why does Uncle Jeff smell like um, uh, the lawnmower if it gets wet? Don't go near him, son. (laughs) Uncle Jeff does not believe in good things. So he's just returned as the American badass. And The Undertaker's feuding with the McMahon-Helmsley regime. He, of course, has just gotten out of being in the corporate ministry. This At this time, the heels in the WWF did not have catchy names whatsoever. It was a very long, drawn-out thing involving McMahon. So at this point, the heels in the WWF are always a big group of people, and they did not have catchy names whatsoever it was just a long drawn out different tried away to push triple h because people forget this but people did not were not into triple h whatsoever even as a heel during this time it was it's like now like think of this you know how people feel about triple h we felt that way about him the whole time except that they point to one time when he came back and it was during the it was after the invasion angle in Madison Square Garden, and people cheered. And that's the only time people were like, oh, this guy, that'll be fun, I guess. I don't know, I'm tired too. <laughs> uh, the short alliance, of course, comes to an end um, pretty quickly when The Undertaker, Benoit, to gain revenge, revenge for the uh, an attack Benoit committed, right, a mat come chair. Benoit locks in the crossface, The Undertaker. Kane returns, chasing Benoit and Shane off, then chokeslams The Undertaker uh, through the ring. Later, he's asked why he did this. Lies, I am a monster. <laughs> Basically, is like, there's no reason I'm mad at The Undertaker again. <laughs> there we go. Another time, the Brothers of Destruction, they just... Kane is just like, I don't know, and now Keaton's a heel, because we need him to be, because there's six heels. Just a quick thing. If you think that that's actually the end of the Brothers of Destruction, they have four more matches, and that's not addressed. Right. It's great stuff. Yeah. Kane is always like, okay, we, oh, fuck, I didn't realize it, actually. We have six uh, faces and four heels. All right, turn Kane heel. What does he do? I don't know, man. He uh, shows up to a party, and uh, there's four pieces of pizza left, and the host of the party hasn't had a a chance to have a slice. Kane eats all four, and then says, when they say, but I didn't even have a slice, he says, well, I'm hungry, and then he leaves the party, and now he's a heel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Okay, that's not going to get him over as being a heel fast enough. Okay, here's what it is. Uh, A woman is being forced to take off her top by Jerry Lawler on television and Kane comes out and he doesn't stop it. He just goes, Jerry, you're being a tad aggressive and he'll be the biggest heel in the company. <laughs> yeah, Kane comes out and holds the door open for a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
He's a heel. Uh, we reveal that Kane invented the term gender pay gap. <laughs> um, Kane is fucking around with the Undertaker uh, a bit. Like we legit have to skim over all this stuff because there's so much Kane stuff here. Uh, there's a feud with Chris Jericho, um, which starts pretty classically. Jericho spills coffee on him and says, "Sorry, I burned you," and then laughs. And then Kane says, "If you're gonna treat me like a freak, I'm gonna give you the monster," which sounds like something Dylan says right before he's gonna fuck his wife. Oh yeah, that's sure. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds. <laughs> it's so funny that wwf at this point can be so aware and play off of double entendre and then sometimes no 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 chris Jer- chris jericho can everyone else doesn't know what the fuck they're doing no but kane delivering this line is a serious thing is like <laughs> fucking ridiculous like i don't know man they always do that what's a fucking other what's that thing they always say oh my god i can't believe uh i can't believe i'm forgetting it but every wwf feud has this uh, where, fuck, I'll just delete this because I, f- I forget. Anyway, so Kane's feuding with Chris Jericho. This is basically, they're trying to make Jericho a main eventer, even though he came in as a main eventer and they just decided he was bad at wrestling. This is a very weird part yeah. of Chris Jericho. And he, um, there's a whole thing where Jericho can't win the big one. It also proves that it's Vince McMahon is, it's not that he's, not only is he unaware of wrestling, he also doesn't give a fuck. So it's also that situation where, um, like Chris Jericho came in super fucking big time and then Vince McMahon's like you gotta be big time here and then they make him basically just do his career over again but in the WWF and then he gets back to where he is but they kind of forget that fans were watching and are now extremely uncomfortable about how their favorite funny wrestler was treated <laughs> yeah exactly and this is all. there's no way for Jericho to look good against Kane either is another thing yeah he's even if he wins he's gonna just edge it out you know it's also it makes them both look bad because kane should beat the living shit out of chris jericho and then like pick his scabs and rub the scabs in his eyes but instead they just sort of do this thing where it's like oh they both win a reasonable victory i guess i'm i don't i'm um goodbye yeah Kane, the story, this is when Kane's character is apparently, according to writers, they said he was a monster who was enraged by anyone normal looking. And then this this feud, of course, ends with Jericho winning a last main standing match by trapping Kane under a bunch of barrels, leading to the Brothers of Destruction reuniting, baby. Yay! <laughs> yeah, this is the new Abyss beating Raven. <laughs> <laughs> or losing to Raven, sorry. This is actually the original Raven beating Abyss. Yeah, it's better than a Raven being an Abyss, because you know what this uh, doesn't this you know what this has? No Abyss. Yeah. Good. Well this is <laughs> this is another one where this actually is very indicative of where they're gonna go with Kane for the rest of his career, essentially, which is he just lost a feud with them attempting to make a pet project that they all of a sudden decided should be a main eventer and then he wins a match not by truly going over Kane like he didn't like beat him down and then Kane didn't move and Kane was off TV for four months because oh shit Chris Jericho's a badass he literally tricked him and trapped him under some barrels <laughs> like a fucking children's show and then Kane comes back in the Royal Rumble goes an hour and eliminates 11 dudes and this is what they always do they just decided like 
2005 through 2000 fucking 11, essentially, they just decided, holy shit, we don't have anyone for X person to face. Let's make Kane a murderer again. No, but that's what this that's the thing is like it's Brothers of Destruction reunite. He's put in but it's also the 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 last phase of every Kane sort of cycle is that like oh he's in love with this woman. That woman is a mailbox now. <laughs> the Brothers of Destruction of course feuding with the newly turned heel Stone Cold Steve Austin on the two man power trip with him and Triple H. The w- and oh, I this leads fucking hate this part. Into them them I will say this. This was harder for me to recap than even Katie Vick because, which I guess says something about me, because the way they book The Undertaker. You don't respect women. Well, I just don't think, I just think if they're dead, fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you're going to leave a sandwich in the fridge for too long, I'm going to eat it too. <laughs> uh, Dylan got that's Dylan, comma, women aren't people got. <laughs> what what email address lets you use a comma? Yours at yahoo.co.uk. A U. <laughs> Mine at Yahoo dot let's get it done dot right now. Uh this cause they're indicative because they are in the invasion angle and they fucking kill everybody. Like Undertaker's put in a feud with Diamond Dallas Page, and even with Diamond Dallas Page's interference in their matches against like guys like Chronic and um like Palumbo and O'Hare and all those guys they just fucking murder everybody they don't let the invasion angle even get started and Kane and the Undertaker are perfect examples because you're in like the late days of the American badass and Kane's lost to Chris Jericho like Kane's lost to people before these two are the perfect guys to basically have go out there and then just get the fucking shit kicked out of them by whichever WCW people mm-hmm. and get those guys over as, as a real threat. And instead, uh, they beat the living shit out of everyone in the WCW roster. And the only one that can help the WCW roster is Stone Cold Steve Austin, who turns on Team WWF. It's all awful. It's all awful. I'm skipping a bunch of stuff because <laughs> it's like, it's just basically a bunch of like awful it's also it's kane's career so it's just like yeah that's what it sounds yeah like. exactly exactly kane uh wraps up the elimination angle he's eliminated by rob van dam in the survivor series winner takes all wwe versus wcw ecw awa nwa <laughs> everybody ha <laughs> I don't understand that joke. Could you explain it, please? It's really cool. It's a good joke. It w- oh, was it? Why am I? Why am I the opposite of happy? Uh, because you don't understand satire. Spell satire, Dylan. S A T F U C K. Sat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you spell it. Good one. Uh, of course, of course. The brothers of destruction dissolve after the invasion angle. Of course. Taker turns heel. Of course. Do a breakup feud. (laughs) They're just like, fucking, do we have to do it again? (laughs) Yeah. This is technically the third long run they've had together within the span of two years. Oh, and by the way, instead of, by the way, um, having a breakup feud, they just have a knowing nod and a whisper. See you at Christmas. Yeah. Undertaker gets on TV, grabs a microphone, goes, I'm a bad guy now. And then all the crowd go, Okay, and they're like, and then he goes, note that for storyline purposes, and then he's a heel. Uh, yeah. What they also do is they, um, um, what they do is 
uh, they just realize that no one cares right now because all that is happening is Vince McMahon is looking at his company that was so profitable a year ago. And now because of his stupid football league, he has slightly less money. So he needs The Undertaker to be a heel because uh, he won't be on TV as much and he needs Undertaker to hold his hand. <laughs> well, this is also Kane figures prominently into them bringing the NWO into the WWE um, with Kane basically reviving his I'm a cute big boy angle where he uh, teams with Hogan and Rock against the NWO doing a pretty solid Hogan impression. And everyone's like, oh, he's cute. There's the thing. Once you make a guy the cute baby face, you can't really go back and make him the only... That's why the only... Which, I mean, this is how the episode ends is when Kane loses his mask. But the only way you can do that is by changing a necessary part of their character. Like, you have to give him a new finishing move. You have to have him new, have a new color scheme. You have to do something. You can't just be like, oh, he's different again. Like, he's intimidating. Yeah. It's, this is, because this is the odd thing, and this is also the smart thing, is you can see that they're trying to build up towards a change with Ken. They've already done appearance changes. Like, his ring gear is starting to melt away and get, like, more and more revealing. Ooh, yeah, this is see-through fire vest Kane. Yeah, this is see-through fire, fire vest Kane. This is also, I believe, And like, remember, originally, they said he was burnt head to toe except for that one arm, which is why he can have the one arm basically out. Like and burnt head to toe one arm, and then it's like, but those nipples are mo mo mo. You remember how they explained that away, right? They were like, oh, he's better now. No, the scars are on the inside. <laughs> The Undertaker came out, said, I'm a heel. Also, Kane's body isn't that fucking gross. Yeah. Like, anyway. All right. Let's... And then he showed half his dick. So no <laughs> one Ladies and gentlemen. Undertaker's dick is the men in black uh, beeping thing. You just forget. <laughs> oh, okay. Fine. Undertaker's dick makes you for makes your short-term memory short circuit. Oh, it's so lumpy. What's, where are my keys? <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, uh, X-Pac in uh, one of the NWO matches does rip off Kane's mask. You, of course, don't see his face. But this is used to write off Kane uh, off television for a wiki wow wow. And that is them teasing, like, we're going to unmask Kane. And this is really a function of them having to do TV every week for so long. Is that you... This Kane losing his mask in the 80s would have been a storyline that took 20 fucking years. But they just have to keep on coming up with shit. Yeah. It's a fucking... Anno- and... Oh, it's awful. <laughs> well, this is like they're officially out of ideas. Because this is when I actually started watching wrestling again. I didn't really watch wrestling during the WWNWO. Uh, but I did start watching it again when the Un-Americans were around. Because they were like, oh, the Un-Americans are, are bad. Which Bruce Prichard blames on Christian not wanting to go that far. But, like, I assume it's just, like, also, like, this is a lame 1980s angle, and... It's also, the thing is, is that this angle was done to perfection with the Heart Foundation. To perfection. Don't do it for 20... They could do it again now, maybe. Could you? Uh, It would be an interesting reaction. In the era of Trump, it would be actually fascinating, because there would be a segment of the crowd to be like, oh, yeah, that's a good point about our country. It'd be interesting. Well, they already did that. Well, they already did it. We did a Jack Swagger episode, but it's very telling that, like, Jack Swagger, people forget this, but there was a portion of every crowd and that would cheer him when he was like, we need to get these fucking immigrants out. And then 
uh, everyone would be like, yeah, we actually do. I would love it if there were, uh, if Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, uh, because of the deal with the States, imposed a tariff on American wrestlers, and now they needed a four count to beat them. <laughs> Wait, what? Did they? Yeah. When did they do that? It's the G7. We're dating the podcast now. Oh. Because it's <laughs> we're recording this three weeks ahead. But yeah, man, G7. You didn't see any of that shit? I did. I just, I, like, it was one of those things where I was like, wait, did they do that in the Un-Americans? No, no, I totally understand what you're talking about now. But it was one of those things where I was reading ahead, trying to get re-energized to talk about Katie Vick one more fucking time on the podcast. And then you hear something and you're like, wait a fucking second, what? And then, I'm sorry. <laughs> Kane's doing the oddball team. I don't, I don't want to talk about Katie Vick. This is, we've talked about this fucking angle so many times. We've got 10 minutes well, left. It's the worst. It and I what I hate the most is that you really think it's funny. It's so fucking stupid. All right, we do. If you uh, give us five dollars a month, we have an old episode on our Patreon feed, which is us talking about the Triple H Kane Katie Vick angle. But essentially, here in a nutshell, is what I think. I thought we did this on the mainstream show. Oh, damn it. All right, you go, and then no, I'll go. that's our fucking beautiful fucking... So let's do this in a nutshell. Here's the Katie Vick angle. You bring it, you explain it, and then I will correct you and actually make good points. Oh, I assume everyone here knows what the Katie Vick angle involved. I really hope that n- there's someone listening being like, who is this Katie Vick? <laughs> <laughs> There's a potential that if someone's 18 right now, listening to the show, they weren't watching. They weren't watching this at three. They weren't watching this at at three years old. They may not know what the Katie Vick angle is. So Kane, which in a grid tag team was teaming with the Hurricane at the time, because Kane could actually do a choke slam, and the Hurricane would always tease trying to choke slam people that were like way bigger than him. It's great but stuff. But it is great stuff. Kane and the Hurricane uh, lose the tag titles um, when Kane is distracted. Triple H, this is all This is all the Katie Vick angle. Triple H explains that Kane was driving a car with Katie Vick as a passenger Yum. while intoxicated and crashed 10 years ago. He accuses Kane of raping a dead body. Um, Kane loses the IT title uh, to Triple H due to outside interference from Ric Flair. And, of course, uh, Tripp's using the sledgehammer. The following night, Triple H says he's going to show a video of Kane raping Katie Vick, which is actually a video of Triple H in a Kane mask, humping a mannequin in the coffin. Uh, If you watch the segment again, it's seven minutes long, which is the worst thing about it. They could have just done it in two minutes and had it been fine. Um, So they got a, a record number of letters after that segment. Yeah. But being like, this is fucking gross. Yeah, it's fucking awful. Keep in mind, earlier in the episode, they used to regularly call Kane retarded. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the retard thing's fine, but you can't be yeah. fucking dead bodies here. What's weird is if they if they had pointed it out, it might have explained it. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> You're just lucky he's not eating pennies. <laughs> the Kadovic angle is soon dropped. Triple H uh, doubles down uh, by pulling a Kadovic mannequin out of the casket for the casket match they had, performing a ventriloquist act with it, and saying Kane has a burnt little wiener. Uh, it's an odd way to deal with the fact that you <laughs> that you fucked up, because they <laughs> they were canceling this immediately. Hurricane then appears with a weird video showing doctors pulling things out of something someone's butt, and uh, while they're wearing a Triple H mask, Triple H beats up uh, the mannequin of Katie Vick in response, and you can actually hear someone in the crowd 
uh, on the network say, you aren't funny. Yelling at that a trip. So that's the Katie Vick angle. I mean, legit, we have 40 minutes of us talking about this. So, I mean, I'm sorry uh, for this feed. We're not doing 40 minutes on it, but the Patreon feed, just five bucks and then just cancel it after a month. If you Let want. me give me my Go. two cents of the Katie Vink angle. Triple H has long maintained he was funny. He's He thinks he's a very funny, good comedy writer. Um, a friend of the show, Brendan Burns, worked with Open for McFoley when McFoley was doing stand-up tours regularly. And one of the things that apparently kept happening, supposedly, allegedly, is Triple H was just like, I don't understand why you're doing stand-up. Like, you're not funny when we you go in the ring. Me and Sean, we're funny. We can do stand-up. Um, and this, I think, proves the point that Triple H thought that he was being edgy and humorous. Like, this is the time when, like, jackass is going on and all that sort of stuff. So I think he thinks that, like, oh, we're cutting edge and cool doing comedy like this. And then they get into it, and it's awful because it's, it's just him fucking a dead body. Yeah, well, Triple H is a good example of a guy who hung out with a lot of people that were probably funny and then thus make it made himself think he was funny. Like, all the people that Triple H hangs out with, if you look at all the people he associated himself with on TV and off, are, like, charming people. Like, Scott Hall's charming. Kevin Nash is, like, this is a very charming. This is a very good theory. Continue. I'm yeah. hard now. Well, he just hung out. He's, he's the guy who hung out with all the cool kids so much he thought he was cool but he's an adult so he actually was good at the thing and rose above them professionally but he'll never like be as cool i would say that i would legitimately say this he'll never be as cool as x-pac and that probably bothers him <laughs> like xbox probably like a super cool guy that's a great point he never will be as cool as x-pac yeah that's why he surrounded himself with all these guys who were like super talented like, say what you will, but the only, like, guy who I would say isn't explicitly very, very talented who was ever in, like, the DX, who was ever in DX was probably Billy Gunn, and Billy Gunn's great. Like, Billy Gunn was a great, like, bumping heel. He was, like, he was, like, a shittier Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Again, my favorite thing is Billy Gunn, this is how weird the world of professional bodybuilding was, is he was a professional body, uh, bodybuilder. Uh, and doing steroids, got caught for doing steroids over there and was also training for the WWF and they had no idea. God, I think it's the best. It's a real weird one. Uh, there's a lot of really, <laughs> yeah, th for those of you who don't know, Billy Gunn got fired for steroid use, but he was doing, uh, bodybuilding where their steroid use is permitted, but he was in the ring recently enough to have to be tested, essentially. And he was just training behind the scenes at that time. It's all great stuff. It's all <laughs> very, very good stuff. But the Katie Vick angle, to surmise, no one wanted to do it except for Vince McMahon. No one wanted. To. I, I think Triple H has retconned that. I think that he was very much on board. I just really fucking hate Triple H. Um, he retconned That's the it. Thing. And That's why Triple H is in the position he's in is because Vince McMahon had an idea. Bruce Pritchard said no. Kane said fine. Triple H didn't agree with the idea, probably tried to talk him out of it but was probably like Bruce Pritchard was the guy who was like, I don't want this to happen. And Triple H sat back and kind of echoed Bruce Pritchard sort of. And then when Vince said, no, we're doing this, Triple H went, okay, this is a passion project of my boss. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this to the next level. Like I'm going to fully commit to it, which is why he still, after they threw away the Katie Vick angle, did the ventriloquist dummy with the mannequin. Like that's for sure why. Like, 
That's what you do if you want to move up in a company. You fully commit to what your boss wants, which was Triple H did. And that's why Kane lasted so long, so long with this fucking company is because, as you're going to see over this journey, like, we haven't even gotten to the shit, like, the true shit years of Kane are just the malaise that is 2005 till now. And we're still a couple of years from even 2005, and it's just him saying yes to whatever they want. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. He's... he's- He's still in a. I I keep thinking he's unmasked at this point. He's still very much in a mask. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, you feel like Kane. The first time Kane was masked was forever. It's only like five years. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. So after the Katie Vick debacle, uh, Kane does a short feud with. Or sorry, sorry. Um, he's teams with Rob. Oh yeah, this is the introduction. Another- this is an introduction of another great thing about Kane, which is like. Uh, who's a guy the fans want to be the WWF champion? This guy. Put him in a tag team with Kane. What? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> well, they already did it with the Un-Americans. Uh, Kane teamed with Booker T for a short while. So it's like, we need... Yeah, who is going to be a world champion who doesn't draw as well as Steve Austin, but we can't accept that that's just never going to happen again? Put him in a team with Kane. Let's have him be beaten up, and then Kane saves them. So technically, we can say we're pushing this guy. When, if you look at the totality of the match, the guy who the fans like is getting beaten up 90% of the time. It's great stuff, baby. It's great. And Kane is a great... He's a great face because the thing is, he doesn't take himself... I mean, this is probably this is obviously just him saying yes to everything. But he doesn't take himself as seriously as The Undertaker, meaning he does do this comedy shit. Which is fine because as a face, he's... I think it's this is his Kane's career in a nutshell. As a face, he's a mid-carder. As a uh, heel, he's an upper mid-carder. Say that, so as a face, he's a mid-carder. As a heel, he's an upper mid-carder. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's sort of insulting, but very true. But that's what it... Because he's a face, he's not The Undertaker. The Undertaker's always a face. The Undertaker gets to beat Brock Lesnar. Uh, and Kane gets to do a spinner Rooney with Booker as a face. And as a heel, they both get to lose to whoever. Yeah. But The Undertaker gets all the off. So anyway, um, Kane is unmasked. Who does he get unmasked by in a mask versus title match? Triple H. Of course, Triple H. He got no revenge for saying he's a he's a necrophilic rapist and a murderer. And I get your fucking mask, you bitch. Yeah, fuck you. Get ready to lose to me a lot because I am Kane is what no one says because that's not what happens in his career. Yeah, it's fantastic. This is great stuff. Like, this is all around tremendous stuff. Yeah, and this is Kane unmasking and he still has soot on his face and that's the only marks he has on his face. You didn't. Just, he's just a kind of an ugly guy. <laughs> you didn't need to do any of this. You didn't need to do fucking any of this. I mean, unmasking him, you gotta have it happen, but you don't have the makeup budget to literally do the Toxic Avenger every night, you know? Yeah, but you didn't need to unmask Oh, I just hate it. I hate it so much. You hate unmasking him? I guess, well then, we usually do best and worst, but... I mean, why not just say, why? let's end the episode with, why don't you think Kane should have ever been unmasked? I think because it protected his mystique of being this masked character. It made something of the whole way he debuted. It was part of the gimmick. It, would, it was like if The Undertaker is the dead man and they didn't have the music and the entrance. Like, it's all part of it. Kane then, Kane just becomes another wrestler if he's just a guy in like just a dude in shorts you know what i mean like it's just one of those things where it's like there's it's just the same now i i agree with i i can see what you're saying with the he's just another wrestler thing now 
but he is just another wrestler. Like, they haven't protected him at all. Like, by the time Kane loses his mask, it's just a desperate attempt to, once again, like I said, make him an upper mid-card heel because they've already had Kane do the spinner rooney They've already had Kane say suck it. Uh, he's a murderer rapist <laughs> who who went on a date. Like, they literally, in the Katie Vick angle, make you envision Kane driving to driving uh, from prom with a couple Budweiser's <laughs> in, like, a button-up shirt, nervous around a lady. Like, he's done. They've absolutely murdered his character. And even, like, the, ma- the him showing his face with a bit of black on it doesn't even matter because... They said that he had burned his whole body. They said they already said he has no dick, and now he has a dick. And uh, you know what I mean? Like they've already gone on. They've already gone back on absolutely everything about the Kane character. Why not just put that final fucking nail on the coffin and be like, well, plus he's just kind of ugly. Like doesn't matter. Yeah. No, you're none of the things. And it's a way to do a Kane reborn angle. Like that's what it is. It's just another way to like fucking do another thing. They Vince McMahon when he started Monday Night Raw, it was an hour yeah. and it was taped. And now he has to do two live hours a week, and he never took time off. He never took a break. He's just pushing these people to come out with more content. Yeah. And this is what fucking happens is Kane's exactly (laughs) what happens where it's like this dude's had a fucking great paycheck for how many years, but the the creative on him was good for one year, maybe a year. Yeah, no, you're... Nothing you're saying is uh, just... It's also one of those things where yeah. here's what it actually is. Here's why I don't want Kane unmasking. Is I loved the first run of Kane. Kane's first run was so fucking cool and interesting and fun and interesting and fun. And it's never gotten back to that because it never could. Uh, and yeah. so when he unmasks, it's just like, oh yeah, there's another thing that was great about this character that there that isn't great about this character anymore. And that just bums me out. But that's fine. We all... We all get older, I guess. We all get one step closer to death. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Kane has you that depressed that you're like, well, also, what does anything mean? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, that, but that's what it is. Like, it's just it's it's wrestling, and wrestling wants you to take it seriously. But also, whenever you do take it seriously, wrestling will also be like, it's just wrestling. So shut the fuck up. Like this is, it's a microcosm of the whole goddamn thing, Johnny baby. Yeah, but Kane, uh, Paul Bearer thought, Paul Bearer came out and said he thought it would just kill Kane career, but it ended up being, like, it ended up being one of the best things for him. Because it's not necessarily even about the storyline, it's how you commit to it. And they do commit to unmasking Kane and having him be evil uh, super quickly, as we'll learn in our next episode. Oh. Kane, part three. Yes, Kane is getting more episodes than Terry Funk. Of course he is. How many <laughs> how many episodes can we do about Terry Funk? Oh, and then he he went somewhere and called you a sucking dog. Oh, and then he went somewhere else and just straight up murdered a kid. You a sucking dog. <laughs> yeah, there's Terry Funk is the spinning to old years and the saying I'm gonna retire years. <laughs> That's Terry Funk when we did both those episodes. So we get part three on Kane. This is unmasked Kane, and then after that, of course, of course, corporate Kane. 
and hopefully President Kane Part 5 in uh, four years from now. So thanks very much for listening, guys. Uh, please subscribe to our uh, Facebook, our Instagram, and come out to the show on September 2nd. That's five pounds for Patreon members and ten pounds for people that aren't in London, England. And 15, YOLO, YOLO. Fifteen pounds a dick for that ass. Still, I'm- yo, 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 yo. Thanks for listening, guys. Fuck you, fuck you. Suck my dick. Bye-bye. We're back live here in Montreal. Kane is taking over the ring with a lot to say, apparently. About time. Come on, Kane. Tell us the truth. Katie Vick was a friend of mine, and Katie Vick is dead. But I didn't kill her. It was an accident, and I am not a murderer. See, Katie and I were friends about 10 years ago, back when I first started wrestling. In fact, she came to my first match and she was probably the only one that cared when I was getting beat up. I cared about her too. One night, Katie and I, uh, we went to a party and Katie had too much to drink. So I decided that I should drive her home. I wasn't real familiar with the stick shift, but Katie insisted that we take her car. Uh, It was dark. The road was slick because it was raining and uh, animal jumped Jumped right out in front of us, and uh, I swerved, swerved to uh, to avoid it, and the car spun out of control, went off the road, and uh, I broke my arm. But uh, Katie was uh, Katie was killed instantly. But it was an accident. But it's something that I have to live with and something that I've thought about every day since. So the only thing that I have left to say is what I said to Katie's parents. I'm sorry. story, Kane. But since you're out here bearing your soul, why don't you tell the world the whole truth? Why don't you tell the world how when the people from that party were questioned, they all said that you were drinking too, Kane. Why don't you tell everybody how when the police got to the accident scene, There were empty beer cans in the car and all around the crime scene. And more importantly, Kane, why don't you explain to the world how when doctors 
did the autopsy on Katie Vick's body, the doctors found your semen. That's right, Kane. Oh, Katie Vick was a whole lot more than just a friend to you, wasn't she, Kane? The fact is, you loved Katie Vick. You were madly in love with Katie Vick. The problem was, Katie Vick liked you. She didn't love you, Kane. Katie didn't share your special feelings that you had. And come on, Kane, honestly, who can blame her? Look at you. Who could realistically love a burnt-up freak like you? Now, Kane, I know that you weren't charged with murder. I know you weren't even charged with manslaughter. But Kane, facts are facts. And the fact is, Kane, the fact is that all of this points to you. You know it. I know it. The whole world knows it. You killed Katie Vick. But Kane, the question I have is, on that night, did you force Katie Vick to have sex with you while she was alive? Or did you just wait and do it to her when she was dead?